It is the Rick Everson Show. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. It is 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today. 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or nibbler at kufo.com. It is Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. Did you ever see an email in your inbox and you realize that the subject line, there's no context into which you could put the subject line and it wouldn't sound ludicrous? Like this one, which arrived 14 minutes ago and it just says, know your stools. I don't know whether that's sort of, whether it's a command, if it's some sort of an urging imperative statement. Well, I'll file that away for later reference. Uh, it is 503-228-4101 coming up uh, later on the day. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Joining us uh, from Los Angeles as we uh, recap the uh, Miss California happenings, revelation, announcement, decision, debacle from yesterday. Uh, we will also uh, talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins today from Capitol Hill and from the Oregonian. Peter Carlin will be uh, joining us. Also, another pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic uh, live. That is coming up today, May 29th. And uh, the 30th are going to be in town at the Newmark Theater. That is Joel Hodgson and some of the other guys from the original cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000, who will be here in Portland, Oregon, later on uh, this month. Also, uh, tickets to the one and only Zombie Prom, which is happening this Saturday, uh, the 16th of May, ladies and gentlemen. It is 503-228-4101. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. And tonight is the Lost Finale. Yes. It is indeed. the season finale. I'm so excited. I'm sad yet excited. I have mixed emotions about tonight, but I'm really, really, really excited. It's two hours, too. They're not going to do that thing where it's going to be gone for like another five years now before they come oh, back and probably. wrap it up, And right? then I'm going to lie and pretend that I don't care, and I'm going to say I'm not going to watch it anymore, and then like an abusive boyfriend, I will go back to it. They've neglected me for too long. They can't have me back. Yes, yeah. I know that I'll go back now at this yeah, point. Of course you will. I know. All right, so this is it. I mean, there's nothing that's going to be resolved tonight, probably, right? I mean, there's not going to um, be... I heard tonight's episodes are mind-blowing. Where did you hear that? Did you hear that from J.J. Abrams? I heard it on the internet. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, there are two parts to it. It's called The Incident Part 1 and The Incident Part 2. So something's going to happen. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And Sarah. then I'm going to be all frustrated and angry and probably have, like, freaky dreams tonight. And it's a good thing that you won't have, like, a year and a half to sort of sit in and ponder it. So this is the... And the next season is the final season, right? Mm. That's the, that's it. That's the last... That is it. The, the last, last round. round. Which right. is fine, because, see, I don't mind waiting between now and next season, because that means I can just drag out how long the show is on. All right. Now, when it's... And you would recommend watching... At this point, at this juncture, you would recommend watching it all the way from the beginning? Oh, yeah. I you rewatch good episodes about all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Duly noted, because I'm going to need... Uh, I mean, it, at, at some point, I will have to sort of try to get caught up on it. But I uh, I, I want I want to make sure it's not going to be like one of those... Uh, it's not going to be one of those things that lacks rewatch value if you sort of know how it all ends. No, I think it's pretty cool. I think the way that it's put together is probably going to be more important than the way it ends. All right. I think it's just such an interesting show. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, let's pay your first visit to your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Well, it looks like that Twitter Facebook opening has been canceled by the county. Well, now, with county chair Ted Wheeler is pulling the plug on that. 
He admits we're looking at a $46 billion budget shortfall, all kinds of people laid off, and we were going to pay $70 million, well, not not a million, but 70000 It could have been $70 million if he got away with it, but it's not going to happen. So instead of having a Facebook tweeter, Wheeler said the county will use its current communication staff to look at more creative ways to use social media. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's... Put those resumes away. <laughs> Apparently... I think, I mean, I don't know that we were necessarily responsible for this, but I know that we had had this story yesterday that he was going to be forking over $70,000 for some uh, jackass just to sit there and, you know, I am having bagel, uh, enter. And I think that about midway through yesterday's show is when I received an email from somebody who worked for the city that said the site had actually crashed because I think that it was, it became one of those, it was like that story that came out about three months ago that I saw on the Yahoo News where there was some, they wanted somebody to be a groundskeeper on like some fantastic tropical island paradise that was somewhere in the Caribbean. And they got something insane like 250,000 resumes in the first day and a half or whatever. And I think this is uh, more or less what happened yesterday. So I think that site imploded. Here would be the best law ever. A law to stop people from delivering phone books to your house. How soon before we can pass this? That's a fantastic idea. Every day and I come home, more phone books, more phone books. <laughs> Throw them away. So this bill is awaiting a hearing in the House. It would end the delivery of phone books. The legislation calls the practice, and I must agree, both a waste and misuse of paper and natural resources and a harm to the environment without jurisdiction. Well, I can't imagine how many trees that we do to grind up every single day in the, I mean, in this state alone is delivering phone books that are eight inches thick that I will never use. Yeah. That are not being used by me at all for anything. It's like the yellow pages, the almost yellow pages, the off yellow pages. <laughs> The other pages try to be the yellow pages. You know what I uh, discovered? This is, I don't know, it was maybe, I don't know, two or three months ago, is that there had been at some point over the past, I don't know, somewhat over the past year, there was a phone book that they had delivered to me that I had just never noticed. It had gone completely unseen by me because they'd left it on the front porch and like something out of like a bag of potting soil or something had been set on top of it. Or, you know, it had been somehow covered by something, and it just sat there all year long. And at no point did I ever did I ever miss it. I mean, I never realized it wasn't like, you know, how it used to be. We'd sit around and go, "When's the new phone book going to be here?" I can't call anybody. I am unable to find anything at all. This just sort of sat there, and I went through. I don't know. It probably it looks like it had been there for six or seven months. I think, and at no point did I uh, at no point did I notice its absence. Uh, the other day was the first time I had to use a phone book in quite some time. I was looking up... Did you kill something uh, large? No, I was looking up taxi cab, and none of them had it. <laughs> How do you find a taxi in this town? Finally, I went online and and found one, but... It wasn't under... It was a dumb question. It wasn't under T? No, or cabs. That's weird. Yeah. My area does not have a taxi cab listing. Well, that's I odd. guess is they it... feel that people wouldn't take a taxi in my neighborhood. Is it just the assumption that everyone... Which might be true... That everyone in your neighborhood has is fifteen vehicles of their own, or possibly is it just? Or but is the it time will come when you need a taxi, and where you're supposed to go online? Well, that's strange. It would seem like at least, the, 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 I mean, the people in your neighborhood would at least be taking a taxi to the airport or something. Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah, all right. Uh, a Salem man has been arrested for a practical joke gone wrong. Marion County Sheriff's Office received a call from a woman complaining about a loud, a loud party. She said she asked them to quiet down, but they refused. Deputies went to the residence, but the suspects were already gone. While the deputy was inside talking with a woman, a man knocked on the door and identified himself as from the sheriff's department. 32-year-old David Bueno was shocked to see a real officer inside was arrested on the scene on suspicion of criminal impersonation. He was taken to Marion County Jail. Imagine this. A Portland man discovered he won $2.6 million in a jackpot from the Oregon Lottery last year, but he didn't know it. 
Gordon Chenise plays the lottery frequently, as many do, was cleaning out his car's glove compartment, found several tickets he'd yet to check on. He took them to a Portland convenience store, and sure enough, he won the jackpot, $2.6 million. He opted for 25 annual payments of $69,680 after stating federal withholdings. He told lottery officials to continue to play, but he'll check his tickets more frequently. I was to understand that if you were to ever win the lottery, well, first of all, I thought it expired after like 60 days or 90 days or something. I thought you That had is to... a good question. I'm not sure. I uh, never play the game. I was always to understand that if you had your choice between annual payments or lump sum, you were supposed to go to the lump sum because if you invested the lump sum, that the interest from the lump sum would then be, if it was, I mean, if the, if the prize itself was con- large enough to begin with, that then the interest off the lump sum would be enough to live on. Mm-hmm. That's one of those like little bits of knowledge that I somehow accrued when I was a kid that probably actually doesn't hold any water at all. But that was always that was it's one of those like those bits of barroom knowledge that my dad would always pass along. Son, if you ever win ten million dollars in the lottery, you were to go to the lump sum, and then the theory was that you would like stick it into some sort of like investment place, and then the revenue that it generated via interest would be enough to live on. Meanwhile, there's been another stabbing this time at the Kortama station. Tremit parking ride. It happened around 5.30 in the afternoon. A car pulls up. Guy gets out, stabs a young guy about eight times, and then takes off. The victim was, yes, waiting for a max train. He was taken to the hospital by ambulance. Are you sure he's not one of the new greeters? No, um, perhaps not. Welcome to the max. Right in the carotid <laughs> artery. Let me greet you with the tip of this knife. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't... I shouldn't make fun of the concept of Max Greeters. I'm sure they're not stabbing people in the throat. Not That's, all uh, of them, anyway. <laughs> <they're> <laughs> not looks, let's not all paint them all with the same brush, shall we? <laughs> not unless you've really got it coming. All right, I would like to leave you with this admonition, ladies and gentlemen, as this uh, email says in my inbox, know your stools, won't you please? It's 503-228-4101. Ahead uh, this hour, more news from Tim Riley later on. CNN Radio Correspondent. I don't know brought that on. James Roop. It is The Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. I hold here in my hands the, uh, this is that guest offering sheet that we got the other day. We never went through this. I'll have Nibbler coming and do this later. We, I intended to do this, I think, on Monday. Because we've proven to be completely useless at 20 questions. So rather than the quizzing uh, either of you guys about this, I'll have uh, Greg come in and see if he can guess exactly uh, what guest they have offered to us. I think live in studio. Uh, I think he may, in fact, be coming to town. So we'll, right here, we'll go through that uh, later on. Well... No, I was going to try to, I was going to try to sort of soft soap that a little bit and try to, uh, I don't know, thread the needle of how to describe these guests. But they, I mean, d- define good. I mean, do you mean like, uh, like Johnny and me good, like Johnny and me? Oh, oh, the Gacy guy. No, no, yes. no. I mean, it's, I mean, these guests aren't Johnny Depp good, but they're, they're more like, uh, they're more like Timmy T. Uh, good. So just, you know, just think on that for a bit. It is 503-228-4101. Still to come this morning, we have CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles about Miss California. We'll talk to Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Peter's going to be launching an exciting new segment this morning. And we've labored for some time over what to call it. And I think I can't take credit for this. The actual name of the segment is, uh, this is Peter's idea. It is Peter Carlin, Internet Browser. 
And so it's Peter's sort of observations about uh, various happenings and uh, cultural trends on the Internet. And the first one is, I can't even say it on the air. That's the sort of unfortunate thing. Like the, the debut uh, the piece, I think, that he's putting together. This is not for the paper. This is just for this show. Contains a euphemism for a state of male excitement uh, that I cannot use on these airwaves. And so he sent it to me. And he's like, "Hey, can I use the word? It it's also a uh, it is also a, a slang term from earlier in the twentieth century about a uh, a mistake or a glitch of some kind." And so he sent this to me. And he said, "Hey, can I can I use this word on the air as it relates to the male member?" And I said, uh, "I said no, no, you cannot." And so he had to go back to the drawing board because that's uh, that's what his entire piece was sort of based on today. So we'll get to that later on. That is uh, Peter Carlin. This, however, is your personal savior, Tim Riley, at the news desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Hey, Portland School Board is considering a list of changes to the district's discipline policy. The board is considering adopting a policy that recommends staff improve at consistency in student expectations, equal consequences with misbehavior, and cultural responsiveness. None of these phrases make any sense. None of these uh, phrases mean anything. None of these phrases say anything concrete. In other words, it continues to make the public school system just a vast <laughs> wasteland. Just a place to incarcerate your useless kids for 19 years before they come threaten me with a sharpened screwdriver. You want them to have a decent education, move to the suburbs, and put them in a private school. That's what all this means. Yes, it does, Tim. It doesn't mean public schools get better. We know that doesn't happen. It's just a way to keep them from smashing windows between the hours of 7.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. After yeah. that, they are society's problem once again. Forbes magazine is named Spokane, the scam capital of the world. Woo! Well done. There are several reasons. Uh, one includes the diploma mill, which sold 10,000 college degrees to buyers and a father and son who went to prison because they sold non-existent railroad parts online. <laughs> now, is there, a big market, is there a big market for railroad parts online? What, what are railroad parts? I, I mean, I understand know. theoretically. A I know what those... A I know, I know what each, of the, I know what each of those words means. Yes. I know what a part is, and I know what a railroad is. But what are railroad parts, Sarah? Like, like railroad ties or something? I don't know. But but I mean, they're they're persuasive salespeople in Spokane selling railroad parts. What am I going to have to do to put you in this caboose today? Is there a giant train going through Spokane that we don't know about? I mean, and who would be buying? I mean, is that a train pres- to stupidity? <laughs> that uh, that I mean, it sort of implies that you'd be building your own. Like railroad line somewhere. Upkeep on their own personal railroads. And if you were going to build your own railroad, didn't there some sort of an established catalog or company that you would go to to buy like track or whatever, as opposed to some guy who's up in kind of a garage in Spokane? Charlie's railroad parts. Seriously. Well, the Eastern Washington Better Business Bureau responds. I can just imagine what an establishment this is. (laughs) Jan Quintel says scammers are cashing in on Spokane's reputation that people trust each other. (laughs) Is that Uh, true? You lived. Do people trust each other more in Spokane than other locations? I, I don't know the answer to that. I I like the idea of a diploma mill in Spokane, though. That it, would you say they sold ten thousand degrees? Yes. I, was, I mean, is it to a completely non-existent college, or is it just to a college that has no appreciable uh, standards or qualifications? To non-existent, co- well, both. <laughs> I mean, it is Spokane, so it, yes. it really could be either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fantastic. From Texas. Terrified residents of a state school for the mentally disabled were forced to take part in a brutal fight club operated by the people who ran this establishment. 
The images have been described as hard to watch, but the picture is as clear what is the as the flonking sound that, that happened there. They're throwing the patients on the floor. Who were forced to fight. No, but you're there, like it's somebody that, as that keyboard sound. They've been forced to use Windows 7. A minute into this altercation, a pillow was placed over the face of one of those involved for several seconds. This is one of four cell phone movies belonging to the now premier indictment. Well, this is disturbing. It is. So uh, thank goodness we're Texas. Uh, we have some more sound Yes, here. Tim. Thank uh, goodness. This is uh, one of the people who was forced to participate in the Texas Mental Institution Fight Club. This is going to be awesome. They take me to, like, in the restroom, and they'd be like, fight this dude while he's in the shower. I was like, no. I said, I'm not. You know what I mean? And when you say yes, no to them, what would be their response? They just punched me in my mouth for no reason. The mother of this me- uh, fellow says her son has the mentality of a 12-year-old. Like, I feel sad because, like, I just started crying every night after I go back to sleep. I'd be like, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this to, to them? He's big, husky. But up here, Armando is only 12, 14. He's scared just like a, a child would be scared. Wow. Texas. <laughs> Okay. People say I pick on Texas, but I'm just relaying these stories from the Lone Star. Yes, these are facts. These are established pieces of news, Tim. Yes. Punched me in my mouth. The best part is the mom sitting right there going, Armando is husky, but up here, not so bright. <laughs> that just shakes her head in disgust. <laughs> of him I have washed my hands, Armando. That's great. Let's do uh, one one more here. It's, uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Well, Ryan O'Neill complains that the last time Farrah Fawcett saw her son Redmond, he was unfortunately wrapped in chains. There are scenes that are so powerful, and, and one of the ones that I saw involved her son, Redmond, coming back. He's in chains. He's shackled. Legs, restraints, everything. Like he was John Dillinger. And then they unfastened him. Like he was John Dillinger? And go back and see his mother, who was in bed. When he went into her, I said, don't rattle your chains. Because he had them on his legs. Right. So that she wouldn't know. She doesn't know. So this- She just holds him. What is going on in this soundbite? <laughs> is he auditioning for a role or something? Is he in an agent's office? That's, this sounds like he... I don't think any audition would be taken seriously <laughs> by Ryan O'Neill at this point. I don't understand. That's like he's doing bad soap opera dialogue or something. And he is wearing chains, Your Honor. Chains of love. All right. Well, we'll play that again later on. It'll make no sense then either. Well, well the trick was that Ferret, being in the condition that she's in, would not know that her son is shackled because he's a prisoner due to his misdeeds. <laughs> and Ryan told his son not to rattle your chains. Ferret is husky, but up here... She is only 10. The Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO. More straight ahead. Stay right there. It's the Rick Everson Show. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah oh and her Dylan's. On Rock 101. KUFO. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO. Coming up later on today, a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic live and in person with Joel Hodgson and some of the original cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Continuing the MST3K tradition of riffing on the unfathomably bad films of our time. 
They're going to be in town May 29th and 30th at the Newmark. Different movie each night. Tickets on sale now. Uh, we've also got copies of the Dana Carvey Show uh, on DVD to be giving away uh, later on today. Seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop will be joining us, as well as Peter Carlin from The Oregonian. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. A Tualatin man is in the Clackamas County Jail for a swine flu joke. 52-year-old Gerhard Franz Gerbert told police he spray-painted Mexican swine flu mattress on the mattress and tossed it over a freeway overpass. <laughs> so it Don't does... you love living here? I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's not so much for the swine flu aspect of the prank. So much is the fact... Toss it over the overpass. <laughs> There's nothing down there. What do the two things have in common, though? Why would you... He thought he was being creative, apparently. He told officials that the mattress had been lying on the neighbor's property for more than a month. And he believed that Latinos left it there. For whatever reason. I don't know. Okay, but this, is, this is a very strange thought process. I'm trying to understand exactly what goes on in... in, 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 in in Gearhart Franz Gierbert's head? <laughs> yeah, because it's... The, well, the Gearhart's attorney. <laughs> there appear to be two entirely separate things going on here. One is that, that he threw a mattress off the overpass. After spray-painting Mexican swine flu mattress on it. That's my thing. Like, what does one have to do with the other? Like, what does that even mean, Mexican swine flu mattress? I that sounds know. like a bad translation from Japanese or something. Bite the wax tadpole. I mean, it just makes no sense. Um, so he wrote that, but then why, if, if he felt that that was a message that was important to convey to like whoever, why would you then spray paint and then say, you know what I'll do with this mattress? I'll throw it onto an overpass. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. Okay. So apparently he thought he might spread it with the mattress. I, I guess uh, maybe sure. I mean, I don't know. I can't really peer into the mind of Gerbhardt or whatever his name is, uh, but uh, okay. It's just it's a mystifying story is what that is. It really is. Okay. Oh, by the way, I should say this, that I was at the pharmacy yesterday, and the, you know what they were selling behind the counter? They were they didn't say swine flu. They were, I think they know that maybe not to raise the, the panic in the, in the pharmacy, where everybody's sort of weirdly hacking and coughing and sneezing all the time anyway, because you got to figure that, like, you know, half the people that are there are there because they got to get some, you know, they, they got like a you know, cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing in line, I'm waiting to get my uh, Trezodone, and as the, which is glorious, by the way, because you don't really... You don't really realize, like, if you're taking, like, a sleeping aid, you don't realize I- exactly. You kind of just get accustomed to it until it runs out, because I do that thing occasionally where I'll look down and I got, like, one left. And then it takes, like, four days or something for them to get in stock. And so I'll, you know, you go into bed at night and open the thing, and there's one left. You're going to go, ah, crap. And then you sort of you know, delude yourself. You're like, no, 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 I bet I'll sleep soundly without it. And then, of course, it doesn't happen. So you get, like, you know, three days in a row of just sort of sitting there staring at the ceiling, uh, you know, not able to sort of get your sleep cycle regulated. So I finally get the, you know, the, whatever the notice that it's in, go to the pharmacy, I'm standing in line to pick it up, trying to ignore the fact that everybody is just coughing billions of germs into the air around me. And I'm standing there and I'm looking sort of through the window into the little, because I'm always fascinated by the, uh, by the, the actual goings on at the pharmacy itself, like back in the sort of you know, the, the pill-gathering sections. When you're standing at the counter and you give them the sheet and they go, okay, I'll be back in just one second. And theoretically, like, they only have to... Like, they should be able to get your order in, like, five seconds because you've already ordered it. It's been called in. It has arrived. They've notified me that it's there. It's already in the bottle or whatever. So I should just hand them the slip and then go, and it's right here. Here you go. It should operate the way that it does at the library 
where you go and you say, hey, I ordered a book. It's on hold. It's here. And they look and they go, Emerson, ah, here you go. And here's your book on woodworking. Have fun, sir. And they hand it to me. But at the pharmacy, and said they're gone for like 15 minutes, it seems, for no like readily apparent reason. So I have lots of time to study all the happenings there. And it doesn't sw- say swine flu, but there were several places strategically placed within eyeshot uh, that just said, I won't say the name of the insurance company, but it said eh, blank insurance approved facial masks. And then it was like those, you know, the, like the mask, that you, like the Michael Jackson mask, which is obviously there because of the swine flu, which they were selling for like a buck fifty a piece. That's not bad. No, I mean, but you figure those things cost like three cents to make. So that's a tidy little profit that they can make off the fear of the in, American in a more germ laden atmosphere than you're trying to protect yourself from. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's that uh, Tim Riley. Well, here's a little break from the uh, boredom of the day. This is from The Apprentice the other night. I know it's a couple days old, but it's still funny. It's Annie Duke on Joan Rivers' Apprentice comment. I do not know a boardroom in this country where someone would be allowed to say that someone would spit on the ground and drown their mother in it, where someone would be allowed to call their friends mafia, where someone would be allowed to say that someone is worse than Hitler. If that happened in a real You're office, not worse than in a real board never had PMS. Wow. Uh, I must have missed that section of the... Uh... It's a celebrity apprentice it? too. The, because I only saw I only saw the sort of the portions that, that my wife is watching because I was in the living room working on some stuff and she had, and you know and here's the thing about my wife. This is the thing that I that I love about her is that it, she is able to just willingly disengage sections of her brain and and then just plunge right into the sort of context of the show because she knows that it's a reality show and therefore it's only it's only the kind of representative of, of any sort of actual life or any sort of, you know, that it, it only depicts people in a way that is somewhat realistic. But she can just completely disengage all the thought processes in her brain and just completely leap into it and suspend all of her disbelief. So as I walk into the kitchen, she's busy screaming something about Joan Rivers and how off-putting she is, which is true, by the way. I mean, on that show especially, she's just unbelievably abrasive. And Annie Duke, who Lara has kind of a, she has kind of a soft spot for her anyway, because Annie Duke, it, she, her, her deal, she's a female poker player. She's generally considered to be the best female poker player in the world. So Lara's kind of a big, a big fan of hers. But I must have missed this section where there's something about, about Joan Rivers claiming that drowning in your drown- spit. <laughs> something about drowning her mother. Yes, in spit. Can you play it one more time? Just the very beginning. Where- yes, I can. I do not know a boardroom in this country where someone would be allowed to say that someone would spit on the ground and drown their mother in it, where someone would be allowed to call their friends mafia, where someone would be allowed to say that someone is worse than Hitler. That's another phrase that doesn't make any sense, that spit on the ground and drown your mother in it. How much spit do you have? also call their friends mafia? Yeah. I don't I have... get it. All right. And Joan Rivers doesn't look anything like Hitler. No. No, she doesn't. Well, maybe that's the next phase of her plastic surgery, Tim. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Somebody has broken into the home of Lindsay Lohan. Alarm companies responded to a notification around 3 p.m. Found evidence of a break-in. There were pry marks on the back door, some tampering with one window. It appears that nothing was taken. The 23-year-old was not home at the time. Oh, imagine this. This is from Bellevue. You're behind on your rent, facing eviction, struggling. You're a single mom. And Linita Regis couldn't believe her eyes when she went to the ATM. Her balance... $275,366.01. She checked it again, couldn't believe her eyes true. Well, she fostered the fantasy of what life might be. My son was, Mom, keep the money, keep the money. Yet she felt trepidation. It could change my life. I would love to keep the money. Then she started mentally spending it. A new car, bills, new friends. It was a struggle, but I'm a child of God. New friends? New friends, yes. I mean, is it? Is there a store for those in Bellevue? Well, first of all, uh, Bellevue is an up. 
Catskill section of uh, Bellevue. Seattle. Bellevue is not a not a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is, uh, but she is a child of God. That. And she decides to go to the bank and ask some questions. You can tell she's a child of God by the way she immediately toyed with getting new friends with her money, Tim. Mm-hmm. It says, a child of God got to do the right thing, even though I have nothing. <laughs> okay. So the money belongs to King County. She once uh, worked at the jail there, and she has some privileges she didn't know about. When a teller issued her a new debit card, it mistakenly gave her access to the adult detention center account. She left the bank with a new card, and that's when it all began. She's broke but relieved. But still broke. Oh, wait. So, the- <laughs> Oh, by the way, she just paid her rent, which is now $3, and her account is $3 overdrawn. So this isn't like, okay, so this isn't, that's sort of a feel-bad story of the day. You bet. It, it, like, it ends on sort of a, uh, kind of a note. So this isn't where, uh, it, like, they move the decimal or something incorrectly. No. In other words, if the balance was wrong, the balance is right. It's just that they gave her access to an account that wasn't hers. That's correct, yes. So she could have actually just taken all this money and just sort of the complete, just run, run to Switzerland or something with it. Mm-hmm. Except blah, 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 child of God. Child, child of God. God. And got to do the right thing. Well, there you go. It's uh, 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up inside this hour, we have uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles who will be joining us today. Boy, speaking of turning out the hands of time, uh, so we have a uh, recap of the Miss California thing uh, from yesterday as well as uh, Anna Nicole Smith. I think... Uh, what about Anna Nicole Smith? Because uh, it's exactly what I was in because it was like I'd fallen into some sort of wormhole and I'd woken up three years ago. It's that it's uh, what's his guts, the uh, Howard K. Stern guy, who I think is being I think he's actually in court today. I think they are arraigning him or charging him or they're uh, they're doing so. I think is where he has to plead either guilty or not. And it's strange how that's just become an entire that's just become an entire uh, saga that in my brain has already been closed up and sealed off. Like I've just I've completely moved on. So the only reason I really care about it is because of uh, Jim Roop's undoubtedly pithy commentary. About the whole matter. Isn't there normally somebody else in the studio with us right now? Isn't there uh, a third person? There's you and there's me and there's, uh, what's his name? Tim, who's typically here. Yeah, I don't really know where he is. I really, I wish everybody could see right now because I'm actually just, I'm just looking over at Tim's chair and it's just empty. Tim's chair is empty and sort of shoved to the back of the room and his microphone is just sitting there. Maybe he's eating more oatmeal. It's entirely possible. All right. Greg, would you, wait now, Greg is gone. That's a tight. This is completely <laughs> weird. Everybody's vanished on me. Uh, hello, Tim Riley. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was you scrabbling for the microphone uh, button now, too, just jabbing frantically at it, trying to get it turned back on. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to get used to working with less. I have less counter space. Yes. So every time I look for something, it's covered over with something else, but I'll get used to it. All right. Counter space is what you're talking about. Yes, counter space. Less counter space. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, in any event, uh, so uh, let's see. Well, this is probably a good time to talk about uh, some news stories that are coming up, Tim. And then I will probably I was going to have uh, I was going to go over this uh, this guest sheet with Nibbler, but I'll probably wait until later on the day. Tim uh, Riley now returned to the studio. We speculated that you were in the kitchen making more oatmeal. No, I only have oatmeal once a day. And Sarah is having wheat thins for breakfast, incidentally. In case anybody Anything was really... with wheat is always healthy. Curious about yes. the, uh, the breakfast <laughs> champions. Are you more of a wheat thins person? You're more of a wheat thins person than a, than a Triscuit person, right? Yeah. 
Because that's uh, triscuits are too dry for me. All right, no, Unless I can I'm see that. Them triscuits clean. are better for you, but wheat thins taste better. They are delicious. The thing Especially about with a little cream cheese on them, they wheat, cure heart attacks. And wheat wheat thins have got that. Uh, there's that. They've got that kind of oil uh, feel to them. You know what I mean? It's like it's they almost have like an olive oil uh, kind of. Uh, uh, the, kind of like a coating, maybe. You know what I mean? Almost like there's a mm. thin misting of like some really sort of a savory kind of oil, like a cooking oil on them. Is right, oh, yes. right as they go into the box. Have you tried those uh, the uh, the olive oil and cracked pepper triscuits? No, I've tried the rosemary oh, ones. Oh, they're fantastic, and they are too overwhelming. Oh, they're wonderful. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley, who's working on the following stories on this uh, Wednesday morning. Well, a rose to the elephant is voted the Oregon Zoo's Mother of the Year. Isn't this the elephant that was beating its kid senseless with a rock? I believe so, yes. All right, well done. But she's improved, and she has a PR person, so she's trying to improve her image. Excellent. A Waffle House waitress shoots a belligerent customer. Wee, this is fun. That was just part of the conversation in the cockpit of that doomed commuter plane that went down outside of Buffalo a few weeks ago. Presumably not toward the, the latter part of the flight, maybe no, earlier on. Right, earlier on. Okay. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Jim Root from Los Angeles. And uh, more uh, news from Tim Riley. We also have cinematic Titanic tickets that we'll be giving away later on today as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It wasn't like... They were under the impression you wanted nude photos of Dolph Lundgren. No, I just, I saw the not safe for work, but my curiosity got the best of me. All right. I wish I hadn't seen it. I wish I could unsee it. Is there a big call for nude photos of Dolph Lundgren in 2009? No, I don't know why either. Like, this is a celebrity gossip site with, like, you know, Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan pictures, and all of a sudden, Dolph Lundgren? I wish I could unsee it. That's what the, that's what a celebrity wants to hear when he, the, the, somebody reveals that they've seen a nude photograph of you. I wish I could expunge it from my brain altogether and scrub it off of my eyes. It's pretty disturbing. Later on in the show, I'm going to pretend to show you something else, and then I'm going to spring it on you. Great. Thanks so much. No problem. Uh, in just moments, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles. This is uh, Tim Riley, who's tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. Washington's Governor Gregoire approves a tax break for the troubled newspapers. They already lost one in Seattle. An Amish kid is in hot water for drunken buggy driving. And Miss California blames God, World War II, and the wind. <laughs> All right. It's on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent and man of the world, James Roop. Uh, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How, how are you? How's life in the big city? Everything's great, man. Hey, we were you uh, Anna Nicole Smith back in the news? I was actually just going to say, were you? Is is this the sort of thing because they're dragging what's his name, the Howard uh, K. Stern guy? I guess he's what is today? He he pleads or is he? What no, he's, is, he's expected to enter not guilty pleas, but also the psychiatrist and the doctor. All three of them are supposed to be in court today to enter to or to answer to charges, six felony counts each. So is this a thing that uh, that you actually are going to go down to the you go to the courthouse for? Or is it to, or or is it one of those deals where you just sort of you sit in your office and you sort of uh, you know, make up in your head what it was probably like because you don't really care enough to go down and be there. Be there I really wish that could be the case. No, I actually have to go. Ah, I'm sorry to hear CNN, that. for some reason, we have this integrity thing that uh, we need to really be at the scene or we have no credibility about what we're talking Well, I'm just saying, but it is, it is Howard K. Stern who just seems already, Sarah and I were talking about this, 
where the whole Anna Nicole Smith thing already seems like it's from about 1998. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it was just two years ago that I, she died. See, that just it doesn't even seem possible. That's like some weird... That's like the theory of relativity in action, uh, where the, the distance and the time appear to have sort of curved in my brain, where it seems like it just took place uh, just, uh, just eons ago. So... <laughs> What just in in a in a sort of theoretical sense, how much time could they like in the case of Howard K. Stern? How much time could they be sticking him away for? Uh, a little over five years, almost six years in prison. Well, that'd be satisfying. I mean, uh, you know, that'd be uh, that seems like it would scratch some sort of uh, psychic itch that we've all got about that guy. Because you remember watching the Anatole show. And everybody just like like right out of the gate just spotted what a weasel that guy apparently yeah. was. Yeah, and this is as close to a murder charge as you're going to get um, without actually getting there. Right, right. You know, because it, just that he procured and gave her prescription drugs to keep her under control, basically, is what the allegations. But this is, I mean, this is a joint investigation by the state attorney general, by the medical board, by the psychiatric people. I mean, th this was a huge investigation that led to these charges. So, um, th th and, and you, if you're going to get out on a limb like this, uh, you're going to have some evidence. So it's oh, interesting yeah. to see what happens when they go to trial. I accidentally uh, watched about 45 seconds of the Anna Nicole uh, show the other day. I was looking for something or other. And somebody, I was clicking through old links that somebody would sent me. And one of them was just a segment of that Anna Nicole show that had been posted on YouTube. And it all, it, it's not like it wasn't creepy at the time because she was so obviously just, just strung out on everything, but it's even creepier now. You watch it now and it has all this like strange, like weird ick factor just all over. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a bad deal. Hey, were you uh, by chance, were you at? The, uh, the the Trump thing yesterday when when he made the decision about the about Miss California and be, the, keeping her crown. I monitored it. It was in New York. Uh, okay, so it wasn't actually in California. And the, no. the the best part was Trump making that statement. I don't have the actual soundbite in front of me, but where he said something about I have reviewed these photographs yeah. very carefully, yeah. which is like you just sort of uh, you know the deceit. But they were also lovely. You, you know? just see Donald Trump with no shirt sitting behind his desk somewhere and just sort of, uh, you know, like a sandwich in one hand and a magnifying glass in the other, just pouring over every square inch of her photographs. Oh, and you know he was. Yeah. Thorough investigation on the part of the Donald. Now you just immediately uh, sense that she'll have a country music album out by the end of the year at some point where she sings about the, you know, about common folk and having a, uh, you know, a hard scrabble life and standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, probably. She has that kind of uh, she has that kind of Kelly Pickler, Carrie Underwood thing going on. Yeah, and then somebody will put it to uh, it will make a slideshow presentation out of it with uh, you know troops coming home or something. You know, I was just going to think that somebody would make a slideshow of that with then the photos of her frolicking on the beach with her uh, you know her <laughs> with all of her business exposed there. Uh, wait a minute, those were photoshopped. Didn't I you hear what she said? <laughs> I have this, this somebody from um, I forget who it was. It might have been somebody from TMZ said this that they predicted that she would make, and I think she actually did this that she would claim that it was just sort of an, an accident. Like at one point, the wind blew it open. Right? Yeah, like the wind blew it open, and then also blew her bra away uh, completely out of the shot, and then also uh, it blew makeup onto her face and blew her into a completely perfect pose, uh, where she's sort of uh, there with uh, you know her with sort of tackle out as they would say. Very windy that saying, day, It really was. It is just, it is, as George Carlin said, uh, you know, w w when you are born into this uh, world, you sort of are given a, a kind of a ticket to the freak show. And when you're born in America, you're given a front row seat. <laughs> and then when you have a job like either yours or let's say ours, you are actually in the privileged position of being able to report on the freak show firsthand. Yeah. 
You know, remember, we got a front row seat to it, man. Do you remember when Donald Trump was cont- taken seriously as a business person? Do you remember back in, like, I don't know, like 1985, 1986, he had that book that came out, The Art of the Deal? Yeah. And Donald Trump was, you know, he was a great American entrepreneur, and there was nothing rem- remotely buffoonish about him. And then he got to yesterday, and he's sitting there discussing how he's examined photographs of various anatomical sections of Miss California. You know, and meanwhile, he's got that weird, like, golden mushroom uh, hair on top of him. It's just, it's a strange, it's a strange world in which he we live. He has become a caricature of himself, for sure. I mean, it, it really is kind of crazy, but you're right. There was that time when he, he was he was respected a lot as a businessman. Now he's just the butt of jokes. And he seems to have uh, the same makeup person that Willard Scott does, <laughs> where it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's like that, it, it, uh, where it's like his his cheeks are... <laughs> It's like he has actually no skin color of his own. It's like as though his skin is just sort of milk-white papyrus, and they then have to... You know, here's what Donald uh, Trump's makeup looks like. It's like in the 1989 Batman film with Jack Nicholson, where the Joker's skin, you know, his skin has turned, you know, completely white, and so he does that thing of, like, having to paint human, uh, you know, makeup on over it, and then Joker makeup on over that, and then something other. but it's like multiple layers of it. And I was watching the Trump thing, and it is like they just used a shotgun to apply the rouge to him, so... All right. Well, yeah, one of those little uh, airbrush things. It's all very, it's yeah. all very strange. All right, have a uh, fantastic day, my friend. We will talk to you in the immediate future, Jim. Roop. Thank you, sir. There you go, Jim Rope in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. All right, excellent. And we have, do we have sound from that at some point today? Yes, we do. All right, excellent. Mm-hmm. Where she does the, she does the laundry list of enemies, mm-hmm. people that are, uh, people that are on the, uh, the faux list of Miss California. Yes, that's great. All right, straight ahead, more from Tim Riley. Later on, we will talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, and tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning, 503-228-4101. Coming up later on, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and Lisa Desjardins from Capitol Hill. Well, as a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic live, which is Joel Hodgson and some of the, uh, the uh, original creators of Mystery Science Theater 3000. They're going to be coming to town. They'll be at the uh, Newmark May 23rd. Wait, no, is that wrong? I think I, that may be entirely the wrong date I just gave you there. Hold on one second. May 29th is what it is. 29th and uh, 30th. 23rd is uh, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, different movie each night. Tickets on sale now, but we'll be giving away a pair of those uh, later on, as well as copies of the Dana Carvey Show on DVD. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. It's unanimous. You have chosen Rose, too, as the Oregon Zoo's Mother of the Year for 2009. Let's hear it for me. The popular elephant pulled in a whopping 68% of online votes. Her closest contender, Coco the Chimpanzee, lagged behind with 18% of the vote. Last year's winner, Mally the Monkey, placed third with 14%. It is a surprise to no one that Rose, too, is a Mother of the Year. She is high-spirited, playful, and intelligent. Her mother, Me Too, is the second elephant born at the Oregon Zoo. Rose is a beautiful cat and remains a beauty today, says the zoo's manager of elephants. A more perfect example of an Asian elephant would be difficult to find. Yes, it was a difficult delivery and a rocky start to motherhood. What with the beating and all? She she was at one time regarded as the Joan Crawford of elephants, but things have improved drastically. Yes, now she has an emotional connection with her baby, and things are just fine. Well, that's fantastic. 
A Washington Governor Greg Waugh has approved a tax break for the state's troubled newspaper industry. Will it do any good? It gives newspaper printers and publishers a 40% cut in the state's main business tax. Newspapers across the country have resorted to layoffs and other cost-cutting moves to deal with a wounded business model and a recession-fueled drop in advertising. Actually, it's a Craigslist-fueled uh, drop in advertising. The PI printed its final edition earlier this year and converted to an Internet-only publication after a much reduced staff. That's the Seattle Post-Intelligencer? Yes. You know, Post-Intelligencer is a, 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 a name that never made any sense to me. What does that mean if you're an intelligencer? I mean, uh, I know, doesn't it seem like that's a, a made-up word? I know, it's like a picayune. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I don't What's know. It's a picayune. Picayune, I believe, means small, I think. I think picayune means small picayune. or quaint in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to incorporate that into my lexicon. Oh, no, I use, yeah, I try to use Picky in like once a month or something. But Intelligencer is just a weird, uh, it's just a strange name for a newspaper. But that, no, but they don't have any print edition of that at all anymore. No. So it's just, what's it? What's it? Is it Seattle Times? Is that the, uh, yes, it is. Is that the other one? All right. Uh, meanwhile, a waitress shot a customer in a dispute over food. This happened in Clarendon County. I guess this is Texas, maybe? And the waitress is accused of shooting a customer at the old Waffle House. You just now assume that everything bad that happens is in Texas unless it's proven otherwise. Yeah, Keisha Ward is charged with assault and battery with a tentacle. She has a big grin on her face in her mugshot. The mugshot is fantastic. And just in our assessment, this later. It, the mugshot does, it, ha, it has a sort of indisputable air of, I'm glad I did it and I do it again. It is kind of a smug look on her face. Yeah. So it was an early morning run in at the Waffle House on Paxville Highway. It turned terribly wrong for Crystal Samuel. I thought I was going to get me an all-star. A popular meal on the menu. Grits, sausage, toast, eggs, and a waffle. Well, she didn't get what she came for instead. While she was waiting for her order, her friends started eating. That's when Samuel said she was told that they couldn't eat from carryout trays inside the restaurant. I said, what is this fuss about? I said, well, we haven't paid for our food. Then Ward said, well, you got to leave. You want us to leave? We haven't paid for the food yet. That's when things got ugly. Samuel said she, yes, she threw a waffle at the waitress. I actually did throw some food, but I didn't hit her. Well, that's when Ward jumped across the counter. We got into it. The county sheriff, Randy Garrett, said the altercation continued outside when he said Ward got a gun from her car and a gun magazine from her trunk. It's poor judgment on her part (laughs) trying to settle this matter with a weapon. Either way, she had time to think about what she was doing when she was walking to the car. Well, Ward's gun discharged during the altercation. A bullet fragment struck Samuel in the arm. Deputies uh, were close by. When they rolled up in the parking lot, the victim and the suspect were still engaged in a fight even after she got shot. Jesus, God Almighty. Uh, What kind of waffles are they serving at this place? I I don't know. Uh, And uh, Ward struck the victim in the head with a gun after she was shot. Yeah, she got the last tick. Meanwhile, a ward is uh, out of jail already after a smiling mugshot. She got out of jail for just paying $500. She's back in the Waffle House. <laughs> that does sound like Texas, Tim. It really does. She has a full-on Tom DeLay mugshot, though, where she's just beaming like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> sort of a, and, and th- I mean, the, the article highlights something that I was thinking, I was wondering. This isn't sort of a... Um, it didn't like she was just carrying the gun on her, and then the no, woman in the car. throws the waffle at her, and then she immediately returns the... That would be... I mean, that would catch you off guard, I think, if you threw a waffle at somebody, and they immediately just responded by filling you full of lead. I don't... I think that might be a disproportionate response. But if she actually had to have to walk to the car, get the gun, get the ammunition, load it up, walk back inside, and shoot the woman, and the other woman was so incensed that they then just continued to wrestle around on the ground, and even after one of them... Beat, she beat her over the head with a gun after she shot her. <laughs> But the other woman just wouldn't give in. 
I remember. So, what are the other people in the party? Did they finish their their uh, Waffle House menu? I don't know the answer to that. All right, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Well, let's talk about Miss California, who now says she forgives uh, Perez Hilton. Oops, hang on a minute here. Let me find out what's going on. She says she forgives Perez Hilton. You know, this isn't about him. I want to show that I love him regardless, and that's the kind of love that I want back. Yes, Carrie Freejean says she's a stronger woman today than she was yesterday. I am a strong woman, and because of that, I am now able to move forward and be the best Miss California USA that I can be. But the best part is how she has to clarify that it's Miss California USA, as opposed to like Miss California. Well, she's a U.S. American, Belgium. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yesterday in that press conference, uh, she I think she thanked Donald Trump or she thanked the uh, the, the no 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 the right. organization. Most she thanked Jesus. Well, she did thank no, she Jesus. thanked God, and oh, she God. talked about her grandfather who fought with Patton in World War II to guarantee her, her the freedom at the Battle of the Bulge. Yes, the Battle of the Bulge. And then she said, uh, she said, I do want to thank the Miss, uh, you know, the USA organization. For believing in women, uh, as she frolics on the beach, showing everyone her difference. People tried to silence her, but they were unsuccessful. I exercised my freedom of speech, and I was punished for doing so. Oh, God, is she blubbering? It undermines the constitutional rights for which my grandfather fought for. In the Battle of the Bulge. You old poop! Now, the shots recently posted on the Gossipy website TMZ were not supposed to be there. I find it appalling that a professional photographer would violate my trust by releasing an unauthorized and inappropriate image taken in between post shots on a windy day, which I was unaware of. <laughs> on a windy oh, day! Are you kidding me? I, she, she couldn't feel the wind across her uh, bosom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when Roop mentioned that earlier, I thought he was screwing with me. No. I thought he was making that up. Oh, that's right. They didn't release that until after we left yesterday. That's why we didn't get to hear it. Wait, uh, so she actually... Okay, look at these pictures. There's no... like it, Her vest it's isn't It's a windy blowing. day. There's her hair. But, I mean, this is like those moon landing shots where like, look at the flag. Why is it ruffling? I don't see any wind. But when so we were just talking to Jim Roop and he said he made that reference to where she was blaming the wind and then you said the same thing. But I thought you were just sort of like screwing with me. I didn't think that that was I a thing you could actually... But that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, she's not... She's, no, she, I'm looking at these pictures. Her hair isn't blowing. There is no wind. It's just her boob hanging out. I was just going to say, also, she's not wearing any under things. I mean, there's there's that Who wears element. a vest? Yeah, she's out there taking a photo shoot with a vest that's too small to even button across the front of her with no bra. Right, that's it, the it thing. It like, shrunk in the wash. You, like, you couldn't close the vest if you tried. I mean, not that... I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but... On a windy day. On a windy day. And what a horrible person that she like blames everybody else for her just wanting to show off her tatas. Her her dad fought in the Battle of the Bulge. No, yeah, right. Sarah, why do you hate her Jesus? Her dad fought in the Battle of the Bulge? Yes. She's a, she won't be speaking out on certain topics anymore. I'm not going to be speaking out against um, same-sex marriage. I'm going to resume my duties as, as Miss California, USA. but also stay true to who I am and have my own personal opinions and have my own personal beliefs. We will see how we will balance the two. So what does... Who is we? What is she talking about? I don't know who we is. Oh, maybe Donald Trump's involved in this. And I thought as of last week, she wasn't opposed to same-sex marriage. She was just for... uh, What's it? The opposite... The opposite uh, marriage. What does Miss Teen California USA do? I don't know the answer to that, Sarah. All right. She opened strip malls. Yes. Heavy on the the strip. (laughs) Yeah. All right. 
Well, there you go. It's uh, five. Can you play just the just the very beginning of that one more time? Let's see which one. Uh, the last cut you played, the most recent cut. Can you play just the okay. just the beginning? I'm not going to be speaking out against um, same-sex marriage. I'm going to resume my duties as as Miss California, but also stay true to who I am, and have my own personal opinions and have my own personal beliefs. We will see how the we best part is when she too. says. My own personal opinions, and then it's just followed by a long pregnant pause. Just a big gap of well, silence. She's trying to sort them out. Also, it, it, it's sort of interesting that that's the best they could come up with is the windy day excuse for the fact that her bosoms are hanging out in the photograph. Like, is that really... I mean, they've had endless days to sit in a conference room somewhere and fabricate some sort of... A, windy a, day. A grab- Don Draper sitting there. Windy day. I mean, that's... And they go around the room. Ted, windy day. Bob, Mary, Hank. Great. Windy day it is. And, like, they all take a vote, and that's what they go with. It's just, if you have eyeballs, you can see that the wind isn't blowing yes. in this. Right, there's Tim Riley at the news desk. It's a bit of a tight fit, I guess. Well, uh, even as Congress hunted for ways to finance major expansion of health insurance coverage, the Obama administration reported that the financial condition of the two largest federal benefit programs, Medicare and Social Security, had deteriorated. Because of the recession, there is no money. So all of you counting on this, it's not going to be there. By the way, I've been looking at the front of today's Oregonian, and right here, let's see, what the, what section is this in? I think this is in the health section. And on the front page, they There's actually section there. It's in the how we live uh, section, Tim. So how this would be uh, this will poorly, I think. This is on the, the the B section of today's Oregonian, and this is by Don Colburn, who is the columnist there. And I swear to God, I'm not making this up. A full third of this article that is on the front of the B section of the Oregonian is dedicated to the following three findings, which I am not augmenting. I am not augmenting or editing or changing or altering this in any way. I will read this directly off the page. Three results of this study. One, people go to the doctor less when they must pay a portion of the cost. Two, the bigger their own cost, the less people spend on health care. And then finally, this is the really groundbreaking one, and I will read this word for word. According to the study, people go to the hospital less if care is not free. So there you go, just in case you were wondering about that. Pick that up today and you can find out more about that. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Blabbing their way to an icy doom. A reporter reads part of the black box transcript from the flight that crashed outside of Buffalo a few weeks ago. Here's a reading of the captain and the co-pilot. The co-pilot's a shapely is lady. It, is that the an exciting news older sitcom? gentleman, yes. This is the conversation uh, just before things started going badly. As a matter of fact, I got hired with about 625 flight hours, said the 47-year-old captain. Oh, wow, that's not much for uh, back when you got hired, replied his 24-year-old first officer. Uh. Oh, yeah, oh, it's lots of ice, the first officer noticed. The captain responded, oh, yeah, that's the most I've seen. Most ice I've seen on the leading edges in a long time, in a while anyway. I've never seen icing conditions. I've never de-iced, the first officer admitted. I've never seen any. I've never experienced any of that. I don't want to have to experience that and make those kinds of calls. You know, I'd have freaked out. I'd have, like, seen this much ice and thought, oh, my gosh, we were going to crash. Wow. This is the conversation that they're having while this is going. Like, they're watching a YouTube video (laughs) of a real-life situation. (laughs) This is presumably as they are. Is this before they take off? No, this is just before it goes down. Okay, so this is as they're preparing to land. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they're sort of, I mean, 
it's sort of, as you noted, it is almost like they're watching some other situation. It's like they're supposed to be participating in doing something about this. It's like they're looking at going, I pity the poor bastards that have to land this plane. But exactly. Those guys are screwed. All right. Do we have uh, do we have more sound from this? Uh, we don't. Uh, it says uh, the pilot failed five certification tests in 2005 when he became a pilot. Well, that's great. And uh, let's see. The co-pilot decided to catch up on her sleep in the crew break room. Investigators said that she would nap on a new leather sofa with her name on it. At least they were spending money on the right things, Tim. All right. They they violated the sterile cockpit rule that forbids all extraneous conversation to keep pilots focused on their tasks. Good God almighty. Straight ahead, we have uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian who will... uh, Colgan Airlines. Join us. What? I'm sorry? It's Colgan Airlines. I don't even think I've heard of Colgan Airlines. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lisa Desjardins will be joining us from Capitol Hill as well and uh, be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Hi, hello. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. Wednesday? Wednesday. Yes, it is Wednesday. It's Lost Day. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. So what time is Lost? Is it on at 8 or 9? I think 8, because it's two hours. I don't care. I'll Yeah, because I think it's from 8 to 10 tonight. That seems unlikely. It seems like they would go longer rather than starting earlier, or maybe not. Maybe they're mm. just going to take all... What is typically on before Lost? Um... You don't know, do you? I know because I always watch America's Next Top Model before last. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, also, here's the other thing. It, I was thinking about this the other day. In the age of TiVo, the, the accidental viewing of a program that is on either before or after whatever you want to watch is just a non-event. That just never happens. Because I think they used to count on sort of that it was this kind of um, it was this sort of shotgun theory of programming that you would be. You know, you'd be aiming to watch something that was on at eight o'clock, but you didn't want to miss it, and so you would tune in early, or you would somehow like, or you would leave the channel running, and it would stick on. You know, you you you'd leave it on the channel where you just stick around, and you would watch the first ten or twelve minutes or whatever was afterward. Mm-hmm. But that no longer happens because uh, television programming so rarely watched live at this point. So it's got to be tricky for those guys because with Lost, you uh, they're counting on that show to kind of drag the people in to watch the stuff that's around it. But that probably doesn't happen because you said it's just all appointment viewing now, especially if you're watching on like a TiVo or a DVR. Well, well, I don't have a TiVo or a DVR, so I mean it's especially hard for me to watch Lost. If you have to watch TV like a savage, yeah. Oh yeah, so like if you're if we're running, you know, like eating at the same time, like you know, like have to like coordinate. Wait a minute, but you do have a TiVo. I sold my TiVo to you. I have a TiVo, but I don't watch it because I don't really have good reception at my house, and I have a really small TV, so I always watch it over at my friend Lisa's house. So you've got a TiVo that's just sort of sitting there as just a massive paperweight. Oh, I'm sad for you. I'm sad for everybody. Hey, can I just I, just, you- I haven't had cable in years, so I mean, I didn't really think that, you know, there wasn't a lot to really record on network television. Okay, here's the weirdest conversation. I won't bother to, to sort of recreate the entire thing, but I will say this, and this is not, you're not listening to an old show, incidentally. This is a show from May of 2009, so it would have been on Friday, I guess, that I was back kind of working on some stuff in the uh, the early afternoon, and Court from Court and Fatboy, uh, he was around, and Lisa Wood was there, and Court was talking about he was watching a basketball game. He was doing something. I think he was talking about the Trailblazers. And he he made some passing comment about how he had to get up to answer the door. And so he paused the live television and then went to the door. And Lisa Wood from over at her desk says, how do you pause live television? And he said, well, you know, I just I hit the pause button on my TiVo. And she said, what's a TiVo? And I mean, this is like last. This is not uh, the, the years ago. This is last Friday. And he said, well, you know, the TiVo, the, the DVR. And she said, what's a DVR? What's a DVR? 
And at that point, I actually got up from uh, my desk and I walked out of the office, out into the, her sort of work area. And I was just agog that you would not. I mean, it was just the weirdest thing. It was like having somebody not understand, uh, like, like, like what a radio was or something. Or, you know, like what the magical frozen liquid from the uh, from the trays inside the refrigerator were. It was that she had no concept. And Court and I had to sit and explain to her step by step what a TiVo was, what it was, what it did, how it worked. And then we entered that really frustrating part of the conversation that I thought we were past having in 2009, where she kept asking us why she would possibly want to use such a thing. And I said, well, because you can because you can tape stuff and record stuff. And she said, so it's like a VCR. And at that point, I just sort of I just had to leave. I just had to leave and go to lunch. I just couldn't. take. I think that's close anymore. But it but see it. But but it. But it's but it's not, it's like comparing a, it's like comparing an eight track player to like an iPod or something. There's just so. And I realize that I just sort of take it for granted now that everybody at least understands what a TiVo is. It's become one of those parts of technology that is, even if you don't have one, it has become integrated into our experience now. Mm -hmm. And so when Lisa said, so it's like a VCR, I mean, why do I need one? I've got a VCR. And I just, like, I couldn't even bring myself to explain it. I just had to, I had to leave. I actually got my keys and I got in the car and I drove away because I couldn't. It was a conversation that was just, it was causing my brain to lock up. I can't believe they still sell VCRs. And they do at Fred Meyer. They do, although... I still use my VCR. I saw, there was some uh, news story came out like two, three months ago about the nation's largest manufacturer of blank VCR uh, tapes has actually gone out of business. They finally went under, they, they threw in the uh, towel on that. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on this Wednesday. Madras police say a teacher threw bullets on the floor. A driver reports a moose fell out of the sky. And General Mills is in trouble over fraudulent claims about Cheerios. A moose fell out of the sky. Yeah, That's I correct. was unable to hear story number three being teased because I was still back on the, the sky moose. A driver reports a moose fell out of the sky. Okay, I, I know that... I, Here's the thing. I'm just going to say, at this at this moment, you, you have to give us more on that. Uh, we can't just have the one moose. <laughs> no, more, I mean more. actual more. I mean, what is the? It is a 500 pound moose. All right. Well, clearly, we'll we'll just have to wait Would to find. Would you like me to read it? Resol- no, no, no. We'll just wait for the resolution on that. All right. Uh, we have Peter Carlin from the Oregonian who's going to join us here in just a short while. Lisa Desjardins from Capitol Hill giving away a pair of tickets to Zombie Prom as well. That is on the way. The Zompire Film Festival. We have tickets for that. And also the Dana we'll Carvey Show on DVD. Yes, we will. And we'll talk more about that uh, later on in the hour. The Zombie Prom coming up this Saturday. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a website right now that you ought to go to. That is secretardvark.com. Secretardvark.com with two A's. Secretardvark.com is the website for Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce, which is a recipe made right here in Portland. It is a company based right here in Portland, and it is going to become the most frequently used condiment and spice in your household. So if you like something that has a little bit of heat to it, it has a little bit of flavor to it, it has a little bit of punch to it, but it doesn't overwhelm or change or mask the flavor of whatever it is you're eating, this is the stuff you want to have. You have it on your table. You can use it on almost everything. And the number of restaurants that I've gone to in Portland, I mean, of all different varieties, of all different kinds of foods where you can see it being served, you can see people using it, because again, it's got the right combination of spices and heat, so that it's not going to, uh, you know, interfere with the flavor of whatever it is that's being served. It just adds heat to it, and it adds a give us a little bit of a uh, kind of sort of a Caribbean and southwestern feel to it. And it really is quite something. You can find out where they sell it. You can find out where they serve it by going to Secret Ardvark. 
Foodsandmore.com. You can find it at New Seasons. You can find it at Whole Foods, among other places. You go there, and that is sort of the one-stop shopping, though, at uh, secretartvark.com. It's the clearinghouse for all the information about where you can find it. And you want to try it. You want to uh, put it on it just everything you can possibly imagine you're going to find that it goes with almost everything. So you find out more about it at secretartvark.com. Secretartvark.com is the website for Secret Artvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. Still to come, we have tickets to Cinematic Titanic, which is going to be coming to town at the Newmark, uh, May 29th and 30th. We also have tickets to the Zompire Film Festival, ladies and gentlemen. In mere moments, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will join us with his patented brand of wit and whimsy and hate. Tim Riley tracking the following stories for you on this Wednesday morning. A family's car is repeatedly keyed by vandals in Gresham. The same thing is happening in Paris Hilton's neighborhood, by the way. But they're more expensive cars, of course. Does this actually count as news from Gresham that somebody might be engaging in vandalism regarding your precious automobile? Not yours, of course, but someone's. It does. All right. Uh, meanwhile, in case you haven't heard yet, that Twitter job is no longer available by the county. They decided not to do it after all. The best part, though, is how... Wait, hold on a second. The Ted Wheeler actually says here in the... Uh, this is in the Oregonian. He says... I'm not going to back away, though, from technology and the commitment to it. Uh, apparently, uh, the first line of the job posting, and I didn't know this, when you were reading the story yesterday, said the job uh, sparked backlash from the start. News media voiced skepticism. The first line of the job offer was, do you tweet? Exactly. That's what it said. Do you tweet? Which sounds like some sort of, that sounds like one of those ads that they would run uh, like on a radio program uh, such as this one, where they're asking women if they want to take part in some study for an untested uh, you know, the vaccine or medication of some kind. Uh, Forbes magazine named Spokane as the scam capital of the world. And Ryan O'Neill says he and his son are on their best behavior now that Farrah is so sick. Really? That's great. That's wonderful. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian, uh, features writer and man about town, Peter Carlin. Hello, sir. Hey, man. How's it going? How are you? I'm sorry, am I bothering you? Am I distracting you while you're eating a piece of toast or something? No, I'm just sitting here waiting for you to uh, to talk to me. It was like I uh, it was like I caught you in mid-sentence, or perhaps while you were doing today's jumble. Hey, is this the request line? <laughs> yes, it is, man. How you doing? I feel like halfway through this, I should start to sing. <laughs> if you'd like. Would you like me to tease that in advance? Maybe let people know uh, how many minutes into this conversation that'll be taking place? I think I'm going to do something by corn. Hey, let me ask you this. We were uh, talking about, uh, I think it was uh, it was maybe last Monday or something, we were talking about the aces on bridge column in the Oregonian, which I find to be an object of continual fascination. Do you know anybody who actually reads the bridge column? I don't mean like in generalities, like you got, like you got an email from a woman named Luella or something in Clackamas. I mean, do you personally know anybody who either A, plays bridge, or B, reads the bridge column, or C, both? Let me just ask you one question. Yes. Are you aware of what the aggregate age of the readership of the Oregonian is? No. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I don't have access to those marketing materials at this time, Peter Carlin. Would you care to enlighten us? Well, um, use your head. I imagine, I <laughs> I imagine I it's, it's young and spry. Let me just put it this way. People who, re who really like bridge really, really like bridge. And so uh, apparently that's the thing. I've never gotten it. I wish they had a Mahjong uh, uh, column myself. Or maybe some sort of like a, uh, like a high ally scores uh, box or something. Yeah. The yeah. thing about the uh, the thing about the bridge column, which is, and I've discovered by the way that not only do I not know anybody who reads it, which is not a recent development. I mean, this is an observation I've had for a long time that 
I am always the only person in the room. I mean, forever. I mean, this has always been the case. I'm the only person in the room who even knows that a bridge column exists in the paper of whatever city in which I'm living at the time. It's sort of like it's this weird uh, column that only I can see somehow, and everybody else just sort of misses it, like their eyes completely skip over it. Uh, now, as speaking as an employee of the Oregonian um, and someone who's been associated with the paper on and off for nearly 25 years, can I just say, uh, I need to ask you one question. Yes, sir. What section does it run in? <laughs> I believe it is right, uh, I believe it is on the same page as the comics and the, is that the same page the horoscope is on, Tim? Uh, how we lived. Uh, but I, but I believe it, but it's on the comics page. <laughs> wait. I like Tim's how we lived in the past tense. That's a the, good uh, wait a minute, hold on, where, let me, uh, where, where's the, uh, Tim, where are the, uh, where are the funny pages, Tim? The funny pages? I don't seem to have that section in front of me. Wait, hold on. See, this is, uh, well, see, now I have to find it. Which section is this? I don't know, I've got B and D over here. I've got the A. <laughs> we're, so, we're such a, the, the mental defectives. I can't even find the comic I'm section of the here. newspaper. All right. Wait. Hold I on. Can't seem to find it. There's too much advertising in the Oregonian. Woohoo! That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I that means the kids are going to eat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving forward, uh, Tim, would you see if you can rustle up the uh, the comic section of today's Oregonian? That'd be ever so swell. I uh, oh, I got an email. We're here That's to talk fantastic. about the internet, my friend. I'm sorry. What? We're here to talk about the internet. That is true. So we, I was mentioning this early on, uh, that you, uh, and I had sort of gone back and forth about what you know, what you would be contributing to the show only because your job has morphed because yeah. now you are no longer confined to the world of television. That's true. Uh, now the, uh, you know, the, all of planet earth is your oyster in a sort of feature sense. So I'm 3D, um, baby. But you actually, you actually came up with this idea for a segment called Peter Carlin Internet Browser, which, it makes it sound like you're sort of a Bible man type of character, where you've got a mask and a cape and a cowl, uh, and you're out there sort of scouring the edges of the World Wide Web. And then the first thing that you came up with, the very first submission, was an entire web page dedicated to inadvertent photographs of men who were in a state of what we might call advanced physical excitement. That's true. Only the photos are very advertent. It's the excitement that's inadvertent. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, and it's the, so I don't even. I'll have to put the link up uh, yeah. to the to the site at, at rickemerson.com here in a bit. But can I? Uh, yes, I. It's, I know you talked about this earlier, but the only way I know that is that this one dude emailed me on my Facebook page and said, like, I'm glad you're not going to use that word. Like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, man, I just woke up, and he's telling me what I'm thinking about on my, you know, via Facebook. This is because you and I had had this uh, discussion yesterday that this website is, what is it, is the first word awkward? Mm-hmm. So it is awkward uh, it's blanks. A naughty word as a plural. Uh, yes, uh, the, the blanks.com, and it is a, a slang term for an aroused state of the male member. Right. And, and they're not like hardcore photos. It's, it's, I, I'm not sure if it's exactly office-friendly, but you could. Uh, but it's not something you need to be ashamed of, uh, per se. No. Because um, they're totally, everyone's clothed, and they're in social situations standing around uh, with drinks in their hands or, or laughing with their friends or dancing or at the beach or uh, taking naps. That's like a big one. So it's it is an entire webpage where it's like gallery after gallery of sort of, you know, like it would be a high school graduation photograph right. where everything is normal except that one of the one of the guys in the picture is in a state of tumescence. Yes, and the thing that makes it hilarious above and beyond the fact that um, the commentary is, is quite pithily written and just at times screamingly funny is having once been an adolescent and, a, and, a, and, and, and that kind of a young man, 
to remember exactly how out of control certain aspects of your body could sometimes be. That there was no talking sense. There was no talking. There was just like a rogue. It was like having a rogue. <laughs> and and it's not. And it it, it transcended the whole notion of of. I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I mean, at the time, it was just a little, it was frightening and thrilling, but so much of life is at that time. This is you're, this is really sort of almost poetic that you're just rhapsodizing about the once out-of-control nature of your male member. I'm, uh, I'm getting on in years, you know, Rick. I have to uh, I have to ask you, how is it that you... <laughs> how did I find it? You'll be reading the bridge column in no time. Um, how is it that you discovered uh, this webpage that is just nothing but photographs of guys caught in it, again, in a, in sort of uh, perhaps not aware that they are being photographed in a state of excitement while clothed, but still very much uh, in an aroused state? Is this the sort of thing that you were just sort of scouring around late at night while telling uh, Mrs. Carlin that you're looking up recipes? Would would that that were true? No, I was. Uh, again, it's another internet miracle. I was. I had posted something somewhere uh, making uh, wry reference to the fact that I was that I was actually about to take photos of myself nearly. And I mean, I wasn't taking photos, but I. I in fact, I shouldn't even be talking about this, but I'm going to be in this calendar for the Oregon Writers Colony. Please tell me this is one of those calendars where everybody is nude. That's true. Really? It's absolutely true. Only, you know, it's it's intellectuals, and so you have to, you, you know, it's like a fireman thing, only writers. So you're going to be, like, covered in books on your naughty parts? No, but I have my, my sharp Fender Stratocaster. It's a con. Wait a minute. Are, you, are we speaking in code about something now? No. I'm so lost in this conversation. When you say you have your sharp Fender Stratocaster, is that... That's not a name for a sensitive part of your body, is it? No, it's a guitar. It's a I, literal, sometimes a guitar is just a guitar. Okay, I didn't know if it was like, hey, who wants to say hello to the sharp Fender Stratocaster? Yeah. <laughs> right. This is what I like to call Les Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wait a minute, hold on. Now it's more Paul. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's um, wacky morning show humor you just laughed at right there, Peter Carlin. I want to note that. That's true. Right. Hey, hey, let's go to music. So you're going to be... Uh, <laughs> what, um, whatever are you implying, Peter? I don't even know. Wait, so you are going to be... On the internet. So are you actually going to be posing in some advanced state of undress for a calendar? Yeah, I already did, actually. All right, that's fantastic. When can do, I... Do you regret it? What? Did you show a little bit more than you wanted to? Um, Maybe the wind was blowing. <laughs> Seriously, I, no. So anyway, so I I I, mo I mentioned that on my thing, and then and, and on the web on the Facebook deal, you know, because I needed something to fill in space and to say something to get attention because I'm sort of uh, a, an attention whore, which also explains my decision to to agree to be in that calendar. And then one of my Facebook buddies, actually, it was a, a, a one of my Facebook buddies, uh, emailed me and said, "Well, I hope you don't end up on this site." And then he put in the link, and then myself and, and all my uh, Facebook. Um, friends began to look at it and we're all like oh my so then so then peter and i having this whole uh, email conversation yesterday back and forth where he's just describing this site again that is this you know where this it's kind of like that hot chicks with douchebags site uh, which, you, which you turned me on to and which i started looking at and then I was reading uh, a little later about, like, the huge uh, lawsuit that guy got into, yeah. the there's, bad guy. There's another great site, which is just called whythefdoyouhaveakid.com. <laughs> and it's just a picture of people who are clearly just defective in many hundreds of ways. And then there's also, like, the baby in the background. Um, 
right. Well, so you're going to find this hard to believe, but we're running we're running a bit late. Uh, so as we sort of close this out, Peter, I'd like to leave you with this uh, one observation. Sarah, do you have that music bed? Yes. All right. Peter, Carlin, I give you uh, today's uh, bridge column. This is from page B6 of your fine newspaper, The Oregonian. Because the bridge column has always struck me as a sort of inadvertent beat poetry. All right. I'm... Okay. <clears throat> to the sounds of Miles Davis, we begin. After West's opening bid of one heart, the room had to choose between a three-no-Trump contract, which had little play in the three rounds of hearts, and a four-spade contract that was apparently doomed by the bad Trump break. Declarer has to be unable to draw Trumps and set up diamonds because the hearts are ready to run against him, even if the Trumps had split to the West. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, aces on bridge. Dig, All right. Peter Carlin, read him in print in the Oregonian or online at Oregon Live. Dot com and watch for his penis to be appearing in a calendar soon. Thank you, Peter. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, there you go. That's uh, Peter Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Know what's below before you dig. Smart digging means calling 811 before each job so you know where the underground lines are buried. For more safety tips, visit PortlandGeneralElectric.com. KUFO Portland! Why, Greg Nibbler certainly sounds full of pep in that tag. That's fantastic. Let's give him more to do. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. Our thanks to Peter Carlin for the Oregonian. I think Peter was tripping on acid or something uh, when we just spoke with him. Okay, I don't mean to say this, but I... Okay, so you know how he sent us that awkward thing? I should... And actually, I should say this, because I know that that was a little frustrating because we couldn't say the name of the website on the air, but... So so Peter is going to be... Uh, and you'll note that I made the way through the entire segment without making a Peter joke. Uh, but so Peter Carlin has a new segment called Peter Carlin Internet Browser. And where he's going to be highlighting a sort of different section of the internet or some sort of online trend or a website or whatever. And so this morning's website that he was discussing couldn't be named on the air, but I have now posted it at rickemerson.com and also at my, uh, my Facebook page. So you go to rickemerson.com or sarahxdillon.com or to my Facebook page, and you can see the website that he's referring to. It is awkwardblanks.com, and it refers to photographs where inadvertently uh, there is a, a man uh, caught somewhere in the photo in an inadvertent uh, state of arousal. Yes. What? That's after you do the bridge column in the Oregonia. Yes, exactly. That same demographic. <laughs> it's after you read Ziggy. Uh, so, yes, Judge Sarah? Parker. Oh, no, so I was, the whole time Peter was talking about that, because I'm, I'm Facebook friends with the Peter Carlin. Yes. And he's had this picture on his Facebook for a long time. That was, so he's basically sitting there, like, at this, at the, you know, on a stool, like, on a, on a, like, stage in front of everyone with his legs open. And someone took the picture, like, crotch level? Really? So it's, are you, in other words, he's... Honestly, it was just it was just kind of ironic that he was telling us about the awkward website when I've been thinking for a while that this is, that he has quite the awkward... In um, his Facebook photo, does it appear as though he is kind of thrusting that area of his body toward the lens? It kind of seems like kind of he sort wants of, to sh- show something uh, off. Look at my groin! All right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. You want to kill yourself? Go ahead and do it. Well, an Oregon man was surprised that done somebody done. did it. They gave a suicidal woman a gun to kill herself, and now he gets a year in the pokey. 46-year-old Dana Clarkson <laughs> had been struggling with alcoholism, depression. So she called her friend Crane, come to her house, and he did. And he said, well, see if you want to kill yourself, go right ahead. He gave her a gun. 
Miss Clarkson took the gun, held it to her head, then pulled the trigger. Dead. By the way, I wasn't uh, I wasn't snickering at the, the content of this news story just now, but coming on the heels of discussing uh, Peter Carlin's uh, apparent fixation with having his uh, his groin thrust toward the camera when he's photographed, followed by the phrase spending a year in the pokey yeah. in my head. I mean, th- those two things don't even really go together. It's not like you can make any sort of a sentence out of all those words. Uh, but inside my brain, it was inexplicably hilarious. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A man caught on tape tossing live bullets down the hall of a Madras middle school is a 47-year-old science teacher who has taught at the place for almost a dozen years. The surveillance tapes uh, show the teacher tossing 22 caliber bullets on the floor of uh, Jefferson County Middle School. The teacher said there was no gun involved and students were never in danger. He doesn't say why he did that. The moose just fell out of the sky. You've been waiting for this one. Police say a 500-pound moose fell 18 feet, but it apparently leaped on a guardrail on the Interstate 95 overpass in Maine, landing on the road below. They learned of an incident when a motorist called the town office shortly before 8 a.m. yesterday, telling the town clerk, Shirley, a moose just fell out of the sky. The driver who was under the bridge when he spotted the falling moose said he was pretty excited about it. This moose probably panicked because of the noise and traffic along I-95 began running. He just picked the wrong direction and... Over All the right. guardrail well, he went. Okay, so see, that's less terrifying than it was than the tease sort of made it out to be. Because when you talk about a moose falling out of the sky, I thought it was sort of like the end of Magnolia or something, which is suddenly uh, antlered creatures of all varieties were plummeting from the heavens no, and landing on your... No, just one moose. All right, okay. Well, fair but enough. They're, they're bound to be copycats, of course. So yes. it didn't end very well for the moose. It did not, no. It was a poor choice by the moose. Well, Paris Hilton's uh, neighbors can't be very happy. She held a huge welcome-me-back party. That lasted till 4 a.m. in her swank Hollywood Hills home. Neighbors called the cops when the noise, well, was unacceptable. And they got paid back, too. They woke up. A half dozen expensive cars on the block were keyed and egged. Among the cars, vandalized two Bentleys, two Maseratis, and a $1.4 million Boogity Vernon. Law enforcement (laughs) authorities say they're investigating the possibility that some of the guests did the dirty deed. And apparently Paris herself was interviewed yesterday, but they don't think that she's the culprit. Someday, by the way, when I become a blues man, my name is going to be Boogity Vernon. <laughs> One night only, Boogity Vernon, ladies and gentlemen. Also, <laughs> I'll be appearing at the Kink Festival in the park this year. <laughs> the Kink Festival in the park. Ladies and gentlemen, you please give it up for Boogity Vernon. That's fantastic. By the way, Sarah just showed me the photograph in question of Peter Carlin. Right, this is his Tim, Facebook you... page. I don't think his groin is as accented in that photograph as, as you believe it to be. Maybe he's uh, just uh, fashioning, uh, uh, like displaying saying, fashionable slacks. It's where your eye goes. Like it's smack well, dab in the middle of it. Well, that's where your eye may go. Well, no, it's highlighted, too. I don't see. No, there's, it's there's, not. There's I, like, I, I think we need to get Nibbler in here so that he could see. Your br- I'm feeling all perverted. <laughs> Nibbler, I think your brain is... Who is I, he singing to? This is a photograph on Peter Carlin uh, from the Oregonian. This is his his Facebook page, and he is sitting on stage holding a microphone. It looks like he's in a panel of some kind. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say this. Here's the thing about that picture. It, is it's shot from a somewhat low angle, kind of a Lenny Riefenstahl sort of a thing. Not that he's a Nazi, but you understand. Uh, and, and so maybe the low angle means that his uh, groin area is sort of more in the middle of the frame than it would it's otherwise be. smack dab in the middle. Look at that. Smack dab. <laughs> Do you find I'm it? just saying, like, even before he was talking about the awkward.com, like, I, I had well, noticed I, this I, picture. I suppose it needs to be cropped. I do. <laughs> I do like the idea that Sarah's, de- is a good crop. Sarah's, descri- Sarah's describing Peter Carlin's groin with the words dab and smack. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, Greg Nibbler just wrote me and said that's a very crotch-oriented shot. I, I'm i not saying that the crotch not, no, isn't not, visible. I mean, you and can I'm not clearly saying see it. The, I, this picture belongs on that website we were talking about, but I'm saying like we were talking about crotches this morning. You're not saying that I've he appears to be in a state of arousal of no, any kind. No, I am not. All right. This is really awkward. So awkward. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, Ryan O'Neill says he and his son are both on their best behavior now that Farrah Fawcett is so sick. In the last two years, I love her more than I ever loved her. Ever. She's so much more of a woman. Powerful, courageous, fearless. And I look at her with awe. What, what is the music playing in the background? I don't know. It sounds like a book on tape, doesn't it? <laughs> Tuesdays with Farrah. Are you sure that uh, that he's not auditioning for some sort of a Lifetime movie or something, and that's just a, a audio that we're capturing? From I that? don't know. Here's the second cut. When he went into her, I said, don't rattle your chains. She doesn't know. She just holds him. He just wanted to see her, wanted to hold her, wanted to apologize. This sounds like that music we would use whenever they would talk about that grapefruit tumor in Ted Kennedy's head. Be a lot of the brave senator battling his way through illness. Which is the, you know, kind of the thing that, you know, you know, and then Shelley discovered a lump one morning. I mean, it was just sort of the, the music that you cue up whenever there's any sort of a, and that dog walked 3,000 miles to get back home to its owner. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, uh, there's really nowhere, nowhere else to go here. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up in the next hour, more news with Tim Riley, Lisa Desjardins from uh, CNN Radio Capitol Hill, and your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic live in person. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here's Led Zeppelin. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's... Wednesday morning. All right, I'm looking at Sarah X. Dillon's uh, page right now. It's sarahxdillon.com. Where you've taken this photograph of Peter Carlin from his uh, Facebook page and you put it up here. Okay, I will acknowledge that the way the shot was taken, it does appear that his uh, pantal area... It's highlighted, right? It's it's glowing. It does almost seem like it has its own spotlight. <laughs> as though there's somebody up in the catwalk aiming a, aiming a Fresnel directly at his groin so it is it is i can see your point i i, I think i i can maybe see why you're drawing that conclusion it's uh, you can see that it's sarah x dylan.com by the way sarah with an h i'm just saying uh, it popped Dillon. into my head too because of that awkward website the first one is this guy playing like a trombone or something and he's sitting the same <laughs> oh, what do you mean playing the trombone sarah oh <laughs> yeah uh, and but he's sitting the exact same way that peter is and that's what kind of Reminded. And doesn't it also look, you can go to sarahxdillon.com and see this, doesn't it also seem like uh, Peter's right hand is extended outward as though uh, he's about to be holding something? And by oh, something, I didn't even notice that. Thanks for putting that in my mind. And, by, and he appears to be on stage with some musicians as well. So and by something, I mean a trombone. Hey, hey, Zam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley tracking the following stories on this Wednesday morning. Uh, to Wallace, a man is in Clackamas County Jail for a swine flu joke. A Portland man finds a winning $2.6 million lottery ticket in his glove compartment. And the building is evacuated when an office staff begins to clean out the company's refrigerator. Uh, all right. Hey, speaking of which, did we ever, did we ever actually clean out the fridge when we moved it from 
the uh, studio across the hall into this studio. No, there's still like empty bottles of Boone's Farm and like a, like a year old cottage cheese in there. <laughs> Nibbler and I moved it in here. Really? Did you? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. So that bottle of night train continues to lurk within there. I believe so. Let me check. All right. That's fantastic. By yeah, the way, one of the cleaner refrigerators in the building, though. Tim, did I hear you describing the traffic as being, I wrote this down, as being, quote, slow and thick? Yes. Really? Is that the actual term that they, like, does the, does the traffic site itself say that? I'll give you all the selections here. Now, this is put together by Metro Traffic. Good speeds, thick patches, uh, thick with some slowing. Uh, thick and slow. Today's traffic is flavorful and crunchy. Good speeds, thick patches the whole ride. <laughs> I don't think this means I think. Thick patches <laughs> sounds bad. Spilled load. <laughs> is the spilled load both slow and thick? It doesn't mention. I'm not just curious. Thick patches. Thick patches. Thick patches. By the way, sounds like he would be sort of an ancillary character in one of the Lord of the Rings books. You know, like Tom Bombadil or something. And he would stand on a bar and he he would recite. uh, He would recite hails to the invading army in the you know in iambic pentameter. It's like uh, slow and oh, never mind. Thick and chewy. We've. Gone somewhere very strange with this whole. Is everybody in the studio a little crazy today? And by everybody, yep. I mean us. Yes. I think it was like right out of the gate when you were talking about that guy being stabbed at the trying to, trying to catch a max train or something. It was there was just like a weird surrealism to a lot of the uh, stories, like like from from moment one. On I don't know show. what it is. It just overtakes us sometimes. a little bit. I'd rather be crazy than boring. Something in the air. Yes, indeed. It is uh, 503-228-4101. As we we, uh, get ready to to bring you more musical amusements, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play this sound for you. If you can be caller number 10 right now and identify the zombie film that has given us this sound clip. And you will win a uh, pair of passes to the Undead Film Festival. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a three-day pass to the Undead Film Festival, presented by Lurker Films, May 15th, 16th, 17th at the Hollywood Theater. Details at zombieconpdx.com and kufo.com. That is all part of ZombieConPDX, uh, which is happening the 15th, 16th, and 17th. So if you can be color number 10 right now and correctly identify the zombie film that has given us this quote, you'll win a three-day pass to the Undead Film Festival. Ladies and gentlemen... to deal with her? Daphs, for Christ's sake! She's going to come back? She's not going anywhere! Well, she'll change. She's my mum! She's a zombie. Don't say that! There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you can identify that at 503-228-4101, be caller 10 when doing so. You win the three-day pass to the Undead Film Festival. This is the Foo Fighters. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. K-U-F-O. K-U-F-O! Pop, pop, pop! Portland! Wow, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In mere uh, seconds, we'll be joined by CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Tim Riley's tracking these stories on your Wednesday morning. Oh, my. Miss California just went on the television and said, you can expect to see more racy photos on the way any moment now. Fantastic. I'll be hitting refresh repeatedly. Excellent. That was really a story. That's okay. No, that's a big story. No, that, uh, well, I, I thought that was enough, but if you want more, no, no, I can no. dig deeper. It is. I just didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to, uh, start speaking and then it's like, uh, you know, and then you're talking and then one of us stops and then I, I, I say, just, oh no, I, you, and then you say I'm no. I'm giving me. everyone enough time to let the imagination roam wild. And it is, Tim. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I am fantabulous. 
Wow, uh, outstanding. I uh, I really... By the way, so there's a couple of things that happened. A, apparently there's more uh, scandalous photographs of Miss California, uh, California coming out, which is uh, wonderful. Um, also... Sarah, during the break, just now, as we were uh, coming back uh, and getting ready to rejoin the program, Sarah was talking about, because she's had this thing for the past couple days where she's been craving a breakfast sandwich really as the, the show past, comes to an end. The past two days. And Ooh, so, it does sound delicious. Okay, but so Sarah, and Sarah and I don't, uh, we're, very, we're very similar in some ways, and we don't do a lot of, we don't do a lot of that at home cooking. Uh, I like to buy a lot of my food that's been pre-assembled. Uh, if I could get somebody to chew the food for me, that would be the final step, and then I'd be a happy person. But Sarah says... She goes, well, you know, today, I don't think I'm going to buy a breakfast sandwich. She's, I think I might actually, you know, go go buy the stuff and go home and make it myself. And I said, well, that's, that's a great idea. And then she said the weirdest thing. She said, I've never really had to put an egg on anything else before. I don't know how to do that. Well, I like had to keep it all together. Like, I mean, I really, make scrambled eggs, so do you just try to stick it in the pan? And then... you're really just talking about picking up an egg and setting it on something else. But I don't like it when there's like a big yo- like yolky thing. So kind of like mix it up and then just pour it in there and let it cook. It sounds like someone needs to come up with a new invention to make perfectly round eggs to put on English muffins, which hasn't been done yet. <laughs> what is it? The what is the actual question that you're I don't that you're have asking a here? I don't. You know, let's just. Move you forward. seem perplexed. I what 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 aspect of the putting the, the egg on a piece of bread? Well, you know, like if you go and get one at McDonald's and stuff, there's this like perfectly flat, nice egg part that you yes. can put on. Your, I don't really know how to make that. Oh, so you need like a, an egg vice to put on top of the English muffin to make it perfect. Wait, what is an egg vice? You need, you need like a pre. You need a pre-processed egg sponge, is what you're looking for. An egg sponge? Are you guys just making up terms <laughs> now? That's kind of what that is, though, at McDonald's, right? It's it's not really an egg exactly. It's like an egg. Sponge. Oh, no one's ever asked. Well, I think it's actually, but I think... Yeah, it is kind of spongy. It right? is an egg, but I think it's that it's it's put into stuff like a mold or something, right? Isn't that the deal? They crack it and they cook it into a mold? Oh, yeah. Or like a, one of those like metal rings? What is an egg vice, Tim? Well, it, no. it's something that could be invented. Like when <laughs> oh, you, so it doesn't actually When you take exist. off an, an oil filter... That round thing? Okay, this is Turn how... around an English muffin and pour the egg in. This is how little I know about cooking, because when you were talking about an egg vice, I thought that was like a garlic press. It was oh, a thing you... that actually existed, that I could go to this... I'm I, glad I you... Could, I could have given you an explanation, and you would have bought it. I'm glad you clarified, because I would have gone to Kitchen Caboodle or something like I need an egg vice, please. And then I would have insisted that it really, uh, you know, existed when they looked at me sort of blankly. You know, this is bizarre, because just in the last two days, I've been in a very uh, furious discussion uh, with friends over egg slicers. And whether or not they, they are, are – I mean, I actually was more observing this conversation, but a couple of friends of mine really got into it over whether egg slicers are the biggest waste of space ever or critical kitchen equipment. Oh, they're amazing. Now, is it the egg slicer, that thing? It's like the, it's like the wire Wires, that yeah. you bring down, and it goes – and it just it immediately puts it into like eight or nine different thin slices? Yes. I would say that – here's. let me ask you this. Where do you fall on the big cheese slicer question? Ooh, it depends on what kind of slice. I mean, I've got. I like the. I'm big on the grater. I'm big on the cheese grater. But the slicer, I don't know. I love cheese graters. I really do. Not not unlike Isaac Jaffe. I am a big fan of cheese graters. And here's the thing: I got this great cheese grater at home that actually is reversible. But then it, it comes attached to the container that catches the grated cheese, as well as so you don't have to do it on like to the breadboard or something because that's no good. Oh wow, cheese right. grater. Oh, well, those are great. In any event, hey, yeah. let me let me ask you about this uh, sentence that is both tantalizing and a little vague, where it says. The Senate has overwhelmingly passed, as part of a bill dealing with credit cards, a pro-gun measure. Now, I mean, I'm the first to admit that if you have enough guns, you could probably get sufficient amounts of money to solve your credit card problems, but that's probably not what they have in mind here. No, it's not. It's it's really one of the more bizarre kind of, uh, you know, let's put this on this 
sort of, you know, things in the Senate, that the folks who want more gun rights have found this credit card bill that's moving its way through the Senate this week that's a very popular bill and looks like it's going to pass. It gives people all kinds of new um, credit card rights. You can't raise your rates as easily, that kind of thing. Very popular. So now the folks who want more gun rights managed last night to, an atta- to attach an amendment to this credit card bill that would allow people to carry uh, guns in national parks as long as you have a, per- a gun permit for that state. It- it's a very specific piece of gun legislation, but they're kind of trying to make a bigger point. Hey, look at all these people that want more gun rights. And sure enough, they got 67 votes. A lot of those guys are Democrats who say, you know what, if we're going to do more for credit cards, we need guns in our national parks. Look, here's the thing. I mean, just as a slice of personal observation, I'm not opposed to guns. I'm not an anti-gun person. I don't care. I have a, have a billion guns. doesn't matter to me. But don't you immediately... You might, you might want more guns, knowing as I do your penchant for mayhem. Yes. I mean, I'm for whatever causes more chaos and, and violence. Uh, so, But doesn't it seem to you, like, when somebody is really, well, maybe not to you, but to, to me... It seems that if somebody is really, really, really adamant about demanding the, the right to have guns everywhere they go, then you immediately start giving that person a kind of a wider berth in your daily interactions. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like when you talk, you know, there's always some guy at your workplace that's like, well, it's unconscionable that I should have to wait three days for a gun. If I go in and buy a gun, I need it today. I I kind of, I don't take the same elevator as that guy. I, I wait. I figure that at some point he's going to get cut off in line for the water cooler or something, and then it's all going to go bad, and I don't want to be near him when that happens. So are you saying now, if this goes into place, and it may, we don't know, there's still a couple steps to making this law, but now you're going to, if you, you know, you drive to a national park, you're going to be sort of, you know, there'll be beautiful scenery, all the things, and you're, you're just going to be looking out of the corner of your eye at, uh, you know, the guy over there in the flannel shirt. I, I'm just saying, and again, I have no problem with guns. I'm, I have no uh, I have no problem with, with you know, the people bearing arms or whatever, It, but it's like, this idea that we need to pass uh, this legislation so that people can carry guns, it's not like we're an unarmed society like now. You know what I mean? It's not like in America you can't possibly get a weapon, uh, you know, to uh, use for whatever purpose. It seems like we do have an abundance of guns and uh, not really any problem getting more. So it, I don't know, it uh, seems a bit like they're selling past the clothes with this thing, but that's that's just my take on it. Um, hey, real quickly. Are th- people with gun rights really have a big moment right now. They've got the votes and they're they're... They're moving. Are they going to be uh, kind of drilling these these AIG uh, overseers uh, in front of Congress? These guys who would sort of be sort of be watching this company to make sure that they didn't sort of go looting the coffers everywhere. Are they going to put the screws to these guys? Yeah, that's the idea. You know that hearing that going on right now, as a matter of fact. And these are the three people that have been appointed to watch uh, the taxpayers' portion of AIG, which actually we own eighty percent of AIG right now. So these three people have been tasked with. You know, representing taxpayers and watching the company, um, I think they are going to get grilled. But also, the CEO of AIG is also in the hot seat, and uh, he's supposed to be relaying to Congress how he is going to pay back. Uh, oh, you know, 180 billion dollars that we've uh, the taxpayers have given AIG. And the great thing that you might like about it is they do have a name for that payback plan, and it is called Project Destiny. <laughs> Project Destiny, really? Are you sure that doesn't involve, uh, you know, like the cast of Firefly having some sort of a space station that's going to be near Pluto? Right, exactly. It's not some kid, like, space camp 
five project destiny it is actually the name of the of the uh the plan for aig to repay all the billions of dollars in taxpayer funds. project destiny sounds like it would be the code name for some upcoming james cameron project <laughs> uh, you know what i mean but it would and it would be some sort of uh, futuristic uh, the film with a kind of revolutionary computer generated imagery and then a subplot involving cloning or something oh or i'm blanking out the guy from uh virgin uh, airlines. Oh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Project yeah. Destiny, and that would Project Destiny would be uh, something where I don't know where your immortal remains are embedded in one of the rings surrounding Saturn. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to uh, choose to believe that it's that. All right, Lisa, have a fantastic day. Okay, guys, you too. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. All right, when we return, more news with Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. And before the top of the hour, we have a pair of tickets for you to see Cinematic Titanic. It is the Rick Emerson Show. This is Jane's Addiction on Rock 101 KUFO on Wednesday morning. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. For the people who brought you Mystery Science Theater 3000, a whole new movie riffing experience, Cinematic Titanic, starring the creator and original cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Cinematic Titanic is a great tradition of riffing on the unfathomably bad films. May 29th and 30th at the Newmark Theater, different movie each night, tickets on sale now. And if you can be Color 10 right now and answer the following question, you will win a pair of passes to see Cinematic Titanic. The question, ladies and gentlemen, is this. What legendarily bad 1966 horror film featured the characters of Michael, Margaret, Torgo, and the Master? What legendarily bad 1966 horror film featured the characters of Michael, Margaret, Torgo, and the Master? It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, all things horrific, ZombieCon PDX coming up this weekend, including the Zompire Film Festival and the Zombie Prom, which happens Saturday night, May 16th. You can find out more at ZombieCon PDX. This is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. So all of you who applied for that tweeting job with the county, forget about it. The job is no longer available. County Chair Ted Wheeler taking the heat for the 70K a year job. Says, well, they're not going to do it after all. Rose to the Elephant has been voted the Oregon Zoo's Mother of the Year. And deservedly so. Washington's Governor Gregoire approves attacks for the troubled newspapers. Cockpit of Doom. The uh, the transcripts of the last moment of that doomed airliner show the pilot and the shapely co-pilot flirting and speaking about their inexperience. Do we know that she was shapely, or is this just sort of speculation on our part? No, we've seen pictures of her. Really? Yeah, speaking of shapely, yes. Let's talk about Miss California on the Today Show moments ago. Fantastic. We have some uh, fresh sound bites here. So the first question is, when can we expect to see more of these revealing photographs? Oops. All devices that play files are currently in use. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. This is the highlight of my morning, and it's not going to play? One more time. I've done many photo shoots, Matt. Yeah, and great. if a photographer is, is willing to release unauthorized photographs of me, it, it'd be like a photographer going into my dressing room. It's exactly like that. a photo of me with me unaware of it. Are you are you leaving the possibility open Absolutely. that there may be some other photos out there you that may what? surface? A photographer is... is you know, willing to make an extra buck and did get a photo of me, so be it. It's ex- uh-huh. yes. What photographers is she working with that she's like 
prominently walking around with her top off. Seriously, and I'm looking at the photographs right now that are on TMZ. I mean, I don't even know why we're bothering to make this point. It's so clearly retarded. Her statement that, the, I don't know, it was the, the wind that blew me in front of the camera. Uh, and I was not aware that I was, in fact, uh, standing there topless, or effectively topless. I'm looking at these. I mean, Sarah, you've done modeling. I mean, you, I mean, you well, can... Well, not like that, probably. <laughs> no, no, not like that. <laughs> well, seriously. Well, that's I mean, only because there was, there was no gusts of anything. If some, yeah, if there was a strong wind, though. But Ooh, you can tell out. when someone's striking a pose. No, I mean, that's like if if I was like wearing something for like baby girl boutique and they're just like wear this you know vest but with no bra and the vest won't close in the front I wouldn't do it. I would like, say I I don't wish to do that. Thing. No. So, and I have to say just with my own vantage point, she actually looks better in these. Uh, I'm looking at TMZ.com. She looks are better. These in, new photographs? No, these are the ones that were up yesterday. I haven't okay. seen the new ones, but uh, she looks Any better day. in these photographs than she does now. Uh, because she had some, I don't know if she had any additional work done because we, she had the implants put in, but. Yeah, she did. Uh, but uh, she looks a lot better here. She, she looks has, a little. She like crazy, stupid eyes now. <laughs> like, look at her. Like, she looks just so dumb. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm That's hearing. That's a shocker, I know. <laughs> I like girls with crazy, stupid eyes. That's fantastic. It's just overcompensating. No clothes. Eyes. You can tell because you, you know that there's probably going to be like one where she's fully nuded up. Yes. That she's already preparing people for. Like, if the photographer snuck into my dressing room. That's the thing that she compares it. It's like the guy somehow went into the bathroom when she was changing or whatever and was like photographing it through the floor grate. <laughs> Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. The armed citizen. Here's why everyone should have a gun. An 11-year-old girl threatened her 7-year-old sister with a gun because she refused to play at her grandmother's house. Well, clearly the 7-year-old seven... had a gun. <laughs> this would not have happened. But if all the children had had weapons, Tim, we could have resolved this faster. And a rotten office refrigerator sends 7 to the hospital in San Jose. This happened at the AT&T building. They decided to clean out the office refrigerator crammed with moldy food. It caused 28 people to need treatment from vomiting and nausea. Well, that's fantastic. And all right. way to start the morning. <laughs> really? Make uh, it a good day. Speaking of uh, starting the morning, Tim, coming up at nine o'clock, smells like the nineties. With can our smell it now. Good friend, uh, our good friend Buzz. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents James Roop for joining us today, as well as Lisa Desjardins and Peter the Crotch Garland. You can uh, see that photograph of him at sarahxdillon.com. Thanks for making me spit out my coffee. That's what I do. <laughs> Uh, and this is all true. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, as well as Joan Embry from the San Diego Zoo. The Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. At the front desk, it is Dave Zinn, the gatekeeper. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Happy birthday to Bridget from all of us at the Rick Emerson Show. Happy birthday. Uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock smells like the 90s is next. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Be safe. It is Wednesday, May 13th, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. See you all tomorrow.